Hey, good evening, West Houston Christian Center. This is Pastor Jack C. And uh, here we are again, it's Tuesday night and time sure seems to be flying by. And uh, we've got to uh, spend a few minutes in the Word tonight together in Bible study and uh, just um, sharing the Word with you. And I always consider it a, a high honor, a great honor to be able to spend time in God's Word and search things out. And uh, God has, uh, every time, He always answers, He always shows up, and uh, He always shares something new. You know, every time I think I've come to the end of talking maybe about the love of God and maybe moving into another uh, direction or put a cap on this for right now because you never will actually be done with it, um, I find another verse. And so I study it out and so I end up with more. So we're going to continue tonight on this uh, awesome journey uh, in the love of God. Let's pray. Father, we worship and praise you tonight. Thank you for this opportunity to share the word. Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus, Lord, over every person in the sound of my voice. And uh, Lord, I, as this goes into homes all over uh, the Houston area and even really all over the country and all over the world, Father, I thank you, Lord, that your arm is not short to heal. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're still the God that answers prayers. Father, I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, uh, that you are the God that is more than enough. You're our supplier. You're our healer. You're our deliverer. You are our banner, Father. You are the lion of the tribe of Judah, Lord, and you are roaring back right now. So, Father, we plead the blood over our time together. Uh, Lord, I pray over all the technical issues, Lord, and thank you that this is going to go out um, accurately, Father, without it being disturbed. And uh, Lord, we just seek your face. We seek your truth tonight, Lord. I pray over the hearts of every person that, Lord, that we uh, are... Our, our hearts have ears to hear tonight, Lord, what you are saying to us. Um, guide my footsteps, direct my words, Father. Lord, we thank you for your anointing that is burden removing and yoke destroying. And Lord, I just can just continue to pray, Father, over every home right now of people that are watching this. And Lord, we just continue just to speak that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound and well-balanced mind. We continue to take authority over every assignment and attack of the enemy against us. Uh, Lord, I just continue to pray and to speak into the lives, Lord, of the people of this church, that our best days are in front of us, that fear has no place in our lives, Father, that the love of God that's been shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Spirit is active and working in our lives. Uh, Lord, that we're increasing more and more and more. I just speak peace over every troubled mind in the name of Jesus. And I silence the voice of the enemy. We cut that voice off. And we thank you, Lord, that we know the voice of the good shepherd and the voice of another we will not follow in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Amen. Well, let's jump into the word tonight. <laughs> We're going to go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, uh, verse 1. And uh, this is the message translation of that verse. Uh, it says to go after a life of love as if, it, your, as if your life depended on it because it does. Let me read that again. Go after a life of love as if your life depended on it because it does. 1 Corinthians 14.1 out of the New King James says, Eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love. Make it your aim, your great quest. As we talked about last week, 
Um, I don't have to pursue or go after something that I already have. Uh, if I already have it and I already possess it, then there's no sense in me pursuing it. I already have it. So when God says that we are to actively pursue or to seek this love, what he's telling us is, is that yes, we got a portion of his love when we got born again, but it's up to us to go on this wonderful journey from our heart to our head. That is where we spend the rest of our lives on this great quest and on this great journey, going after the love of God, experiencing the love of God, walking in the love of God, getting revelation knowledge of the love of God. You know, our love grows every single day. The more that we use the love of God, the more we exercise that love, the more that we purpose and practice that love, the more it's gonna be evident in my life. And uh, I will say this, that anybody that I've ever seen walk in great faith, anybody that I've ever seen um, walk in um, the gifts of the Spirit at a really, really high level. I'm talking about raising the dead and miracles and creative miracles and those types of things. They all have something in common. They all have an equal revelation to the love of God as they do to faith. You can't just have all faith and no love, and you just can't have all love and no faith. They work together. Love is the atmosphere in which faith thrives. The more oxygen you have, the more it's easier to breathe, uh, uh, the better we live. The less oxygen we have, conversely, the harder it is to breathe and the less of a, of a good life that I have. So the more love that I have, it's easier for my faith to grow, amen? The more faith that I know that God loves me, the easier it is for my faith to grow in that type of an atmosphere. So, as I said, I don't have to pursue something that I already have. But remember, warning, you do not want to go on this journey. You do not. I just see that skull and crossbones like you're coming up to a gate. And it says, caution. It says, do not enter in uh, under any pretext uh, unless you are willing to pay the price. You know, do not go on this journey unless you are ready for change. Amen. Every single one of us, uh, we need change in our life. And when we have the love of God, uh, when we start pursuing this, when we start going on this journey uh, to the love of God, um, really I'm going to be confronted first and foremost with me. Uh, I'm going to be given opportunity after opportunity to change. And so when I go after the love of God, when I seek the love of God, um, the love of God, sometimes we, we want to go after love so that we can change someone else. It doesn't work that way. Um, love only has the ability to change me. Uh, there's a, one of the translations out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It says, love stays in difficult relationships with kindness. See, a man kind of love, it can't do that. Uh, an earthly kind of love doesn't give you the ability to do that. Love won't change a person, but love can change us where we can actually turn in and love like God wants us to love. It's really, it's very, very powerful. Amen. So I found Mark chapter 12 today, verse 29. Mark 12, verses 29 and 30. And it said, Jesus answered him, the first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Verse 30, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. 
Let me read that again. And you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Out of the Passion Translation, it says something like this. You are to love the Lord Yahweh, your God, with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, and with every thought that is within you, and with all your strength. And so we're going to do a little bit of a word study tonight. I went and I broke down uh, five of the major words in that verse. And the first one, when it says you are to love the Lord God, that word love simply means embracing God's will, choosing his choices and obeying them through his power. When I say that I love God, the preeminent or primary way that I show God that I love him is to simply do what he tells me to do. If as a father, I've got three children, and if all three of my children are continually telling me, Dad, I love you, Dad, you're the best, Dad, you're the greatest, Dad, I love you, I love you, but yet they never do one thing that I ask them to do, then I'm going to have to put in question what their definition of love really is. God is very clear in the Bible with his commandments about how we are supposed to act uh, first and foremost with him and how we're supposed to act with each other. And uh, the, the, the very first commandment is love. And so it is vital that if I say that I love God, then he's telling me you have to keep my commandments. Matter of fact, he says that in John chapter 14, verse 15. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, there's nothing ambiguous about that term. If you love me, keep my commandments. Conversely, if you don't, you won't. If I love God, I'll keep his commandments. If I don't love him, then I won't keep his commandments. I have to love God by doing his commandments, and I have to love God by loving his kids and showing them kindness. I can't say that I love God, but hate my brother. The Bible says that I'm a liar. So it is vital right now that I love God by following his commandments, doing what he's asking me to do, being obedient to his word, being obedient to his will. And secondly, it's vital for me right now to love those that are around me. You know, as we've said at church a few times now, <clears throat> we're not training people at West Houston Christian Center to be Christians on Sunday mornings. We're training people at West Houston Christian Center to be Christians on Monday mornings. It's very easy to love people when you're in this room, people that care for you, people that like you, people that have similar interests. But when we get out into the world, and right now the world is a very, very, very different place, this is where we have to operate in the love of God on purpose. I have to purpose in my heart before I leave my house, before I get into my car, before I get into traffic, before I get into the store, before I get to the gym, the dry cleaners, my job, my office, wherever I go, I have to purpose to walk in love with every person that I come into contact with because there's such a fear that's trying to take over right now in our world. And I'm talking through other nations, other countries, other states, there is a real push for fear. But fear not. God said, I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound and well-balanced mind. Amen? So when the, when the Bible says to love the Lord thy God, what he's saying is, is if you love me, 
you're going to do what I ask you to do. Amen. And each and every one of us, we need a purpose in our hearts to follow the commands of Jesus. If you want the Bible's results, which are health, peace, prosperity, joy, all those wonderful things, it's all predicated on me following the commands that God's laid down first. I can't ask for the blessing without first doing what he's asked me to do. It doesn't work that way. Amen. Uh, when God is very specific and he says, I want you to love your neighbor as yourself, there's nothing, uh, I've got nowhere else to go with that. I need to love my neighbor as myself. Amen. And I need to love those that are around me with his kind of love. So um, that word love, like I said before, basically says when we love God, we show God that we love him by doing his commands. The second word there is heart, to love the Lord thy God uh, with all your heart. And that word heart simply means it is the desire producer in us that makes us tick. When we talk about the heart, it is the desire producer that's inside of us that makes us tick. Our desire, um, decisions that establish who we really are. When we talk about the heart of a man, we're not talking about the blood pump. We're talking about the very center and the very core of each one of us as individuals. It's where we make our decisions and it's who we really are. It's what we really believe. So when I have to love God with all my heart, that means that I have to desire him from my innermost being. Amen. It needs to be something that comes from the very core of who I am. There's a difference between um, being a Christian and playing a Christian. Being a Christian means that I love God from my heart, from the very sense, the very essence of who I am. He is the foundation for every decision that I make. If I'm playing Christian, then I come to church once in a while. I'm, I try and do some good things, but it's really not him in my heart that's the springboard for the decisions that I'm making. I'm really the one that's in charge of my life. I just dress it up, put a suit on every Sunday and say that I'm a Christian. No, no, no. <clears throat> God wants to be and wants to operate from the very center. His headquarters where he lives and where that portion of heaven is in our hearts is our heart. And that's where he wants to spring from. Everything that we do, all the decisions that we make, the choices, the paths, how he speaks to us, all those things are located in our heart. So it's vital that, that's, that he, he reigns supreme, that he's the Lord over my heart. Amen? When it says to love him with our soul, that is the seat of affection and will. It's my individual personality. It's my distinct identity. We've talked about this before, but man, we are a three-part being. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I possess a body. Amen. I'm a three-part being. My spirit is the part that becomes alive to God when I get born again. It's nourished by the word of God. Amen. It's the spirit. It's the part of me that's alive to God. It's, it, it is, it'll never die. It will live for eternity. That soul is, is, is deep within me. I'm sorry, the spirit is deep within me. And that's the part when I connect with God. Amen. But I have a soul and that's my mind, my will, and my emotion. And it's where my unique personality is housed. And so when I love God, I have to love God from my own will. Isn't it awesome? 
that God did not come into this earth and make it mandatory for man to love him. He didn't force us. He didn't put us on our knees and subject us ourselves to him as a tyrant and says, you must love me. No, he gave us the most powerful gift that he's ever given anybody, and that's our own free will. <clears throat> God cannot force anyone to love him. We have to come to him from our own free will. He gave us, listen to me, for me, a lot of times, I think God's highest way of showing us sometimes that um, of our own free will is that he even gave us the ability to hate him. God cannot even stop us from hating him. It was so important to him that we come to him of our own free will. He even gave us the ability to hate him. God wants us to choose him and to choose his love. He can't force it on us, amen? So when I do it of my own free will, I have to love him from my own free will. Look, he gave each and every one of us it's kind of like a, we're, we're an instrument in his hand and we have a, a unique sound that we make when, 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 when we're played in the Father's hand. We all have a unique sound to him, um, if that makes sense. And so my personality is kind of it dictates what sound I make towards him. Amen. It's a unique, it's, it's, it's like an identification code. It's something that, um, that only I have. And when I surrender that to him and I let his breath and his life play through me, I make a sound that only I can make to him. Amen. You have a unique sound in the spirit that only you can make. And we will, when we let the father use us and, and his will is fulfilled in us, we make that sound. And it's a beautiful, beautiful sound of worship to him. When his children are walking in love and walking in his will and walking in his commands, but I have to do that through my own free will. Amen. And then it says to love him with all of your mind. And that is your understanding, your intellect. I like this definition. It's movement from one side of an issue to another to reach balanced conclusions, full orbed reasonings or critical thinking. Amen. A lot of people would look at religion or Christianity and uh, those that are high-minded and they think that it's some sort of a simpleton, that uh, it's for people that um, have no self-esteem, um, they need something to cling to. And uh, really, to be a Christian and to allow God into your heart and into your life, you know, there's a thinking process. You know, we have to consider the cost. When I got saved, I had to consider the cost. There had to be some critical thinking involved. Now, God came to me and he called me. And when God calls us, God is making his very best offer to man. When we are called by God, and I'm not saying called into the ministry, I'm saying called into the family. Each and every one of us, when we got born again, God calls us. And when he calls us, that means Jack, I am coming to you and this is my very best offer for you. Well, if God, the creator of heaven and earth, the timeless one, the endless one, the one who created me, when he comes to me and he makes me an offer, don't you think he has my best interest at heart? Don't you think that if God calls me or offers me something, that it's going to be something so far out of this world, my mind might not be able to comprehend it sometimes? Absolutely. 
So when I love him with my mind, it's an intelligent thought to love God. It's not a simpleton's thought. It's not a thought of, of someone who's uneducated or, or, or they just have to have something to cling to. No, 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 no. God is the most intelligent being this world has ever seen or will ever know. Amen. And when he gives us critical thinking, when he gives us the ability, see our brains to think and to create and knowledge, they're wonderful things. But here's the problem. Let me read this to you. Our mind, that same mind, can work against, uh, to our own undoing, um, when it operates apart from the light of God's word. This mind was created to work hand in hand with God. When I have my thinking power and God's creativity, there's really nothing we can't do. But when I take this mind and it's apart from the light of God's word and I'm just filling it with knowledge, quick side note. Remember, knowledge that you cannot use is worthless. I'll say that again. Knowledge that you cannot use is worthless. There's nothing wrong with gathering information. There's nothing wrong with studying things. But what we want to make sure of is when God gives us knowledge, it's so that we can do something with it. So we can either be a part of the change or we can make a change. God doesn't just give us knowledge to puff us up. See, man's knowledge makes us think we're, we're better than we are, we're smarter than we are, we're so intelligent. Listen to me. I have been in parts of the world with people that could not read or write, but had a better relationship with God than people that had 15 degrees on their wall and had studied their whole lives. It's not about gaining knowledge. It's not about filling up my life with a bunch of useless information. It's about learning to hear God's voice and acting on what he tells us to do. Spending time with God in his word, taking God at his word. That's where faith comes. That's where we're going to grow as men and women of God. Amen. It's not just constantly filling my mind, constantly going from class to class, constantly trying to get more education, more education. There's nothing wrong with education. You should, uh, my children are all in college. They are getting their education, but we do not spend a lifetime going from class to class. Amen. Uh, we want to spend our lives now filling ourselves, our knowledge, our mind, our will, our emotions with the word of God because it has the power to bring change. Amen. So we want to use our minds for his glory. Amen. I want to think of ways that I can be a bigger blessing. I want to use my critical thinking. Lord, what's a better way for me to reach my community? Father, how can I be better? Lord, how can I, how can I love my neighbor in a better way? I have to use my critical thinking to, to, to do that. There are people watching me right now. God's giving you any, um, 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 uh, ideas and inventions and things like that. And he's doing it because you're using your mind to his benefit and for his purpose. Amen. So God wants to use our minds. And finally, it says with our strength. And when it says strength, that means force to overcoming immediate resistance. It means might to the extent of one's abilities. I am to love God to the, to the very extent of all my abilities. I'm to love him with my heart, my soul, my mind, and with all my strength, Lord. God um, is desiring us to love him, body, soul, and spirit. God is desiring uh, for us to know him, Lord, on every level. 
God wants to know us and God wants to um, habitat with his people, I guess, for lack of a better word. Amen. I like Mark 12, 31. And it says, and the second like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And that word love simply there means this is the agape love that we've talked about. This is an unconscious. Uh, unconditional love, love by choice and by act of, of our will. It's an unconquerable benevolence and undefeatable goodwill. It's not controlled by feelings and it is an out of this world love. That's the love that God has for us. Romans 13, eight. Let's turn there. Romans 13, eight. Out of the Amplified, it says, Keep out of debt and owe no man anything except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor, who practices loving others, has fulfilled the law relating to one's fellow men, meeting all its requirements. Amen. Love, uh, verse 10, love does no wrong to one's neighbor. It never hurts anybody. Therefore, love meets all the requirements and is the fulfillment of the law. Um, this you might have never heard this concept before, but you know, in the in the in the Old Testament, we had the Ten Commandments, and it was very, very, very clear that God laid out five commandments uh, of how we are to deal with God, and then the other commandments were how we were supposed to deal with man. Amen. But me, as a New Testament believer, was not created to live under the Ten Commandments. God expects more from me. As a New Testament believer with access to this agape love, to this unconditional love, I now have the ability to love. And, and what, what he's simply saying is, is that if I truly love God and love my neighbor as myself, I'm not going to steal from them. If I truly love God and my neighbor as myself, I'm not going to covet what they have. What the word says is, if I truly love God and his love is shed abroad in my heart, then I'm not going to lie to my neighbor. Do you see what I'm saying? Now, Jesus did not come and just totally throw out the Ten Commandments. What he did do is he had the ability now to come in and fulfill those Ten Commandments. Amen? Because before, if you were to trespass any of those Ten Commandments, there was a penalty of sin and there was a penalty of the law that would be enacted on you if you were to do any of those things in the Old Testament. I, I kind of say it like this, you know, the first five books of the Bible, amen, uh, the, uh, um, I always look at them as kind of these peaks in our lives or, or in the Bible. Then Jesus came with grace and he filled in all of those gaps in between because before in the Old Testament under the law, if you transgressed the law, you fell all the way down. But see, when Jesus came, he filled up all of those gaps with his grace. So now we fall into his forgiveness. Amen. That's what love does. Love gives us the ability to be forgiven and to forgive. Amen. So it is important for us. Uh, no, we do not throw away uh, the Ten Commandments. They are, we should teach them to our children. They need to know what right from wrong is. But I want to teach them first and foremost, if they truly get a definition or a, a revelation of God's love, 
then they won't transgress those Ten Commandments. Amen? Let me read this statement to you. If we truly understood and completely followed the command of love one another, we would fulfill every social duty, period. Amen? If we sought after God, had a revelation of how much He loves us, and then us in turn love our neighbor, we would never transgress any of the social laws uh, in the world today. Amen. We, would, we should be looking for ways to outlove each other. I mean, the Bible was very clear in Romans. It says, I am to owe no man anything except to love them. Amen. Well, thank you. Uh, I love teaching and talking about this subject. I get so excited that I kind of fumble over my words sometimes. So I apologize for that. Uh, tonight, I just, uh, I get so much inside of me and the, the mouth starts going and the brain's not ready. But I always consider it an honor uh, to preach and teach the word, each and every one of us. We really need to be on this journey. We need to be going after the love of God. It's only the love of God that's going to change the world that we're living in today. I only have the ability to change myself, so love starts with me. I have to be honest with God. I need to lay my light out across the altar and just say, God, what part of my life uh, am I walking in unforgiveness? What part of my life, Lord, am I not walking in faith uh, when it comes to my love walk? Every one of us needs to have 1 Corinthians chapter 13 out of the Amplified plastered all over our rooms, our cars, our refrigerator, wherever it is that you go. Uh, you need to have that scripture plastered in front of you because it gives a very, very detailed, specific list of God's love for us. Amen. Well, this is Pastor Jack C. Uh, thank you for uh, letting me come into your house tonight. Uh, Michelle and I love you very, very much. We're very excited about the future at West Houston Christian Center. Uh, we believe God has some very specific things for us to do, which we're thrilled about and we're honored to be a part of them. God bless you, have a great evening, and we'll see you Sunday morning.